Hi, I'm Caitlin and I have cystic fibrosis. So basically I was born in 98 and they didn't have testing. Well, they had testing, but they did not have the cystic fibrosis testing screenings mm -hmm. um, right when you were born, like they do with all the baby screenings. So basically what happened was, uh, you know, uh, after a few days, my parents took me home because everything looked good and... I wasn't keeping food down, like anything. Okay. I was always puking it up or something. And um, so my mom was like, okay, well, something's not right. We're going to bring her back to the hospital. Uh, so they did. And come to find out, I had a blockage in my intestine. And mm -hmm. so I got rushed to emergency surgery. Um, I was five days old. They had to... Re remove it. I mean, it was life-saving surgery, so cut it out and everything. And uh, did they know what the blockage was? It was like it's some like long science word that I'm no, I'm not gonna say right. Okay, <laughs> but um, so don't even attempt. <laughs> yeah, so it was just like a blockage in my intestine, and okay. um, you know, they removed it, and then I went into the NICU. Uh, I was underweight and. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I was just like sick and they didn't know why. So I was kept in the NICU for observation and all that stuff. And then they tested the uh, thing that they removed, the blockage they removed and what the blockage was, which so it was something specific, but <clears throat> like I said, I'm not trying to butcher the name. Yeah. <laughs> um, they tested it and they're like, oh, they sat down with my parents. This is very common with, you know, babies with cystic fibrosis. And my parents have heard of it. But back then, too, it was even less known than it is now. So they're like, um, what is that? So then the doctors were like, you know, do we have the green light to test her for cystic fibrosis? And my parents are like, well, yeah, yeah. Mm. So um, so basically, like, the blockage is what made it stand out. Yeah. Okay. And I really don't know. I mean, if they didn't remove it, I probably would have died. Right. So, so there's like a nice, I got a nice little bingo card. Yeah. Like, uh, I have dark humor. Okay. I have a nice little bingo card of uh, death ages. I should have died. <laughs> and like, it's comical to me. So if yeah. you laugh about we it, we all it's, have those. It's yeah. good. So um, that's one of them. Because if they didn't do it, it, yeah, probably would have died. And uh, you wouldn't be here today. No. <laughs> so basically, you know, that comes back. They're like, yeah, she has cystic fibrosis. So that kind of starts the whole like, you know, CF journey mm -hmm. or like, timeline so throughout like you know when you're when I was younger I don't remember a lot of my young childhood anyways like maybe a lot of people don't but uh up until like like eight nine is when I started remembering stuff uh but basically my uh with I can't talk I never can either <laughs> so don't worry really um in cf you can culture different bacterias. And um, I culture one of the worst ones. So the most common one is Pseudomonas. Okay. Um, and I uh, culture Bulgaldaria cepacea, or as they call it, like just BC. Mm -hmm. um, and that's bad. There, so there's um, antibiotics, you know, IV antibiotics um, and oral antibiotics for infections. Um, and mine is just really 
antibiotic resistant. Like there's a select few. So basically that was another thing too that kind of marked it like she's going to be like even harder to treat. Mm. So uh, cystic fibrosis is a lung disease. Uh, It's a genetic lung disease. So, you know, you can't catch it from somebody or uh, anything like that. So basically you need, your parents need to have one gene each uh, to kind of put together and fuck you up. But so, neither one of your parents have it, right? No. Okay. You need two messed up genes to make it. Got it. Um, and they each just have one. So then they're carriers, but they're not going to actually have it. Okay. Uh, and so those two had... I don't blame it on them either. <laughs> those two had fucked up genes and then mm-hmm. they just got together and they gave it to me. Yeah. Also, the chance of that too is a... 20, what is it? I think it's like a, oh, it's a one in four chance that you're going to be actually born with it over right. being a carrier. So the fucking odds. Right. There you go. You're, you're the lucky one. Right? I know, right? I'm <laughs> like, great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's targeted as a lung disease. Lung and pancreas is like the two main things. And there's stuff that can scatter off from it. But that's like the main thing. It's a lung illness. Um, Causes you to have a ton of like buildup of mucus in your lungs and in your whole body. So like, yeah, all your your different organs have just overflows of mucus. Mm -hmm. And in the lungs, it causes you to cough up heavy mucus. And when it sits in there with really anybody too, like if you have mucus sitting down in your chest, you're going to get an infection and okay. it stays but like people without cf they can get that up uh cf patients can't it's just stuck to your lung walls because you have a nice um little level of like l- liquid mm-hmm. it's not like uh in your lungs to unstick that stuff but with cf patients you don't have that so it's lower okay um so it just stays in there and causes uh infections so do you constantly have to be on medicine Oh yeah, I have. I had a beautiful like own little hospital cart of medicine before the medication I'm on now. Because the medication I'm on now is like the only reason I'm alive today. Okay. Because we'll get there. Okay. <laughs> um. So that's kind of the basis of it. Mm-hmm. And CF can be described as much more and there's a lot that can branch into it. There's like CF related diabetes. You know, some people can get liver failure, kidney failure because your organs are just working extra hard and blocked up with a lot of crap. So it's like, you know, I guess, you, you know, as you go on with life, you get what you get. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I only have problems with my lungs and my pancreas. So basically, like, I can't eat food without taking pancreatic enzymes. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's these little, like, capsules. Um, And if I don't take them, I can get a blockage like I had when I was born. Um, And I need to go to the hospital and go through this whole thing. Not a crazy surgery. I haven't had one that bad Mm -hmm. again. Um. But I had have to have had two blockages in my life, and they are painful. Is it like stomach pains or yes? Okay. <laughs> it's like like you wouldn't believe kind of thing. That was one of the like top three pains I've ever felt wow. in my life, and 
So you have to take one of these capsules with every oh, single meal. Like, well, like even if you have a snack. Yeah. It's okay. like anything with fats, um, mm-hmm. like a glass of milk. It's like the enzyme count is like I need six with meals. Uh, six to five, depending on the meal size. Four to three with snacks. Uh, like if I want a glass of milk, it's like two. Anything that has to go down like that. Like I can, I can have uh, fruit and juice, mm-hmm. um, water um, without them. And all CF patients are different with that too. Okay. Like the enzymes uh, are completely different to each patient. When I was little, the enzymes have a certain amount of like lipase or I believe that's the word and something else. So basically like uh, you guys have like digestive enzymes naturally in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from, you know, like your pancreas and, and stuff. I don't got that. So my pancreas just doesn't have the digestive enzymes to break down my food. Right. So that's what they are. And you work with your CF team from when you're like a baby. Because you, I was taking them and eating solid foods like right when I was out of the hospital. Like my parents were feeding me applesauce at like like two weeks old. Yeah. <laughs> because of the blockage that, like, yeah. to prevent that well, happening again. They had to get my enzymes down okay. for any food, any formula. So yeah. they'd take like solid applesauce, which – I'm not really supposed to give a two-week-old applesauce, mm-hmm. but they'd have to break open the capsules, sprinkle it in the applesauce, and feed it to me at like two weeks old for any of my formula or any foods because mm-hmm. if they didn't, it wasn't going to digest. And then, you know, if you don't take them, you can get bowel obstructions or blockages. So like the bowel obstruction aspect would be like your bowels are going to explode. Your stomach is going to explode inside of you and you die. Right. So, and I've had two of those. Uh, mm. After that removal surgery, when I was five days old, I've had two um, blockages or bowel obstructions, as they call them. Uh, obviously, my stomach didn't explode because I'm mm-hmm. not dead, uh, but it can get that serious. So, okay. but you know when you have them, it hurts based on the pain, really bad, okay. and you just get really bloated, and yeah, you go to the hospital, and then they one time they pumped my stomach. Mm-hmm with like a giant tube down my nose unpleasant it was unpleasant i'm sure uh and i don't remember what happened the other time yeah so i do have a question um i get and you if you're gonna get into this down down you're in the line of your story that's fine too if you want to wait but i was just gonna say like as far as your daily activities go like do you notice that a lot of there's a lot of things that you can't do or like that are a lot harder for you that's actually like the next all right well then go ahead take it away so um you know fast forward now uh, going into like my younger times I'll like try to sum up until I was about like 13 okay. 14 because then I'll hop into like high school and right. go from there so in this time period I was doing a lot of different things you know I was young I had interests I wanted to do dance sports so I was in soccer softball and dance so I was a very active kid and for having a lung illness, you know, I did a lot. Right. <laughs> so, um, did I had it affect you at that time? Yeah. That's that like it. So, I had to stop soccer at like the age of eight because I was starting to play. I think I played like little soccer. So, I was like, I don't know, seven when mm-hmm. I started. And I had to stop like at like eight or nine. Right. Around there, I'm trying to think of the ages, but I really can't like pinpoint them. But <clears throat> it was just too much running for me. I would 
wouldn't be able to breathe. And I just couldn't keep up. So that's something I had to quit. I know I was really sad about that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and I continued with dance. And I was kind of just given leniency in some activities when we'd have to do like excessive things that were hard on my lungs. And this did get like progressively worse as I got older and I had to keep dropping things. I played softball for a long time. That's the one I got to really hold on to and dance because that one wasn't wasn't too... Uh, it like, wasn't like constant. Yeah. Run, right. And even if they had us doing something constant, I was able to like Sit not. out or something. Yeah. Um, so I actually played softball from like the age of eight all the way like up in, in like almost into high school. Um, so with the whole sport thing, you know, up back in, up into high school, I tried out for the, or I was trying to try out for our high school team because I was still playing because running base to base kind of gave me a breathing break because it got so much worse around that high school time. But, um, I wanted to do something. It's really hard when you have interests and things you love that you can't do anymore because they're getting like ripped away from you because you just like can't. Just can't, right. Um, So I held on to that as long as I could. But I started getting really sick in high school. Uh, So that was something they wanted us to run a mile. And I was like, see you later. It's not for me. I was like, I can't run for two minutes. Um, So that's something I had to drop to around that time. But I did drop a lot of activities and things I couldn't do anymore due to uh, my lung issues. Mm -hmm. Another really important thing too that I had to let go of too is when you have cystic fibrosis, you can't be around other people that have cystic fibrosis because you can pass your, I can't pass like my lung bacteria to like you guys. Um, I'm not really, I don't know the science quite behind how we can pass it to one another, but I could give my bacteria to them or they could give their bacteria to me. That so is so interesting. It is. <laughs> I'm not right. really quite sure, like, again, like, the science yeah. behind it. Um, so you can't be around anyone that has cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. because of that reason. Because, mm-hmm. like, and with my bacteria being so bad, right? if I gave it to somebody, like, it can do really bad things. Yeah. But, I mean, like, if I got pseudomonas from somebody else on top of what I have, mm-hmm. too, I can get really sick. So it's like you're just killing each so other. Then you would have both if you were to... Yeah. Get that. Okay. <clears throat> and um, I had a uh, good friend of mine, She, which she's still a good friend of mine to this day, too. Her name is Sarah. Um, we, before the whole five feet apart. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the, the movie? Yes. Yeah. So it's actually six feet, but they do what, what they will. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so before that became a thing, because when I was younger, me and Sarah would have like play dates and stuff before it was a problem. We never passed bacterias to one another. That never was an issue. But, um, you know, that became a thing. And then that's something else I had to, that got ripped away from me too. And it's hard, harder now than it was back then because I didn't quite understand. It was just like, you can't really, you know, mm-hmm. see Sarah in person anymore. And I was confused. I'm not sure why I was young. And now that's, you know, it's happened to me in my older life too. Mm-hmm. Um trying to have relationships like that with friends that I can't have right. in person because of that. And it really sucks. And it's really lonely. And especially like growing up, like growing up with an illness like that, it's like you don't have 
people to be there and support you, I guess, like in person. Like we can talk to each other over the internet, but it's so different to, you know, be able to have someone with you in person being like, oh yeah, we're going through the same thing. So it's a very like lonely disease. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's like, that's done a number on me too. Cause it's like, no one is going to understand what we're going through except for like each other. And I mean, you have the outside perspective, like my mom and dad, I do feel for them having to watch like me grow and their child, like be very sick. Right. But it's like, it's like you know they're not gonna understand yeah like they experience it with you but they don't have it Mm -hmm. yeah you know it's like they're gonna have that yeah like they're gonna have their experience and I'm gonna have mine but they're still different it's like you're not gonna feel what I feel physically when I know other people are feeling what I'm feeling physically and we can't we can't do anything about it like (laughs) so that's lonely Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's another thing that got taken away um so that's kind of like what happened in that aspect that was a lot of stuff I couldn't do or stuff that got taken away from me at a very young age um other than that I lived a pretty normal younger life um got to hang out with my friends and do whatever I mean well I guess like some time got taken away from me too because with CF you need to do treatments like breathing treatments so you know like nebulizers if you ever had to do like anything like out with the pods for like or not the pods but the little cups mm-hmm. for like asthma yeah so how <laughs> often do you have to do those treatments oh my gosh those were like they've always been for me three times a day okay like 30 minute sessions three times a day when I was little and also with CF2 you have this vest so like think of like a life vest mm-hmm. you strap it on and it blows up and it just shakes you like just shakes your chest. And that's to help with the mucus, like break it down kind of thing? Yeah. So like uh, that helps like loosen it up. And then like to help like break down the mucus and stuff would be like more like the meds that you put into the nebulizer. So that took up a lot of my time too. So I guess that's something else that was taken from me too because that was always a very important thing. If you don't do it, you're going to get, keep getting sick and then uh, infection after infection. And the more infections you get, the more lung scarring and everything that you're doing and the more lung function you lose and, you know, the... Yeah. (laughs) So So if you were doing it three times a day, was it morning, midday, evening? Yeah. So So were you having to do it when you were in high school? Were you having to, like, did you go to the nurse to do that or was that something, like, how did that work? Before school, after school, and, like, dinner-ish Okay, so you wouldn't do it when you were at school? No. Okay. Um, Because when I got sick enough, because when I got older... You know, it moves up to like four or five times. Okay, a day. so now you have to do it more than you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so that. One more question, not to yeah. interrupt. Not is again. that kind of how this is? Like with age, it gets worse? Yeah, it's like, well. Or it depends. It's like, it, I guess, yeah, it depends on your like severity, I guess. Okay. Too, but it's always just a progressive disease. Okay. I believe, regardless, I can't really like speak for others. I know there's like. But everything always just kind of progresses. I mean, everybody ages right. and everything kind of, you know, slows down and gets, mm-hmm. you know, older. Um, so it's, yeah, it's usually very just progressive and things just have to keep getting upped. So like medications, treatments, and not a lot happened okay. within my, like my young ages. Like okay. I was in and out in the hospital a bit, right? but that's just daily, like routine, like tune up type of deal. And to, by tune ups, like a 
car. <laughs> like, like does it, to, when you say that, do you mean like adjustments of medicines and things like that, or and those like to, like I used that own little word my like myself with my family to be like tune ups. We're going in to have a tune up. So you go into the hospital. I was in the hospital at least once a year from when I was one years old up until high school when it got like pretty bad and I was in there way more often. But so you'd go in for like tune-ups and that's basically just like uh, IV antibiotics for okay. a certain amount of time, whatever your clinic felt was necessary mm-hmm. to just get your shit straight Okay, in your, you know, right. lungs and stuff. <laughs> like just, yeah. So that's what that would be. Okay. Uh, so it's just, you know, frequent hospital visits. Um, so shit hit the fan. <laughs> I missed a part actually. Go ahead. I'm going to backtrack. You're okay. So when I was 10, this is actually because it's important. This is very important. So when I was 10, I was still very underweight and like not gaining weight. I couldn't keep weight on. That's a common thing with CF2 is um, not being able to keep on weight being a small thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, So my team pushed for a feeding tube. I don't know if you've ever heard of those, but they're like... Okay, so they... You can still explain it anyway. Yeah, there's two different kinds. I don't, I'm not really sure which one I had specifically. But, you know, I had to get that placed when I was 10. Uh, I never really used it. I never wanted it. <laughs> I was like, don't give it to me. Right. But I was like 10 years old and like like 50-something, 60 pounds. <laughs> so yeah. they're like, yeah, the, no, this isn't right. working. They wanted me to put on 20 pounds first. So then they placed the tube. I used it a few times. Every time I used it too, I would just throw up. Really? Like, so I would like wake up in the morning because I do uh, feeds through the night um, by this machine that just stood like by my bed. And like it would go into your body as you were sleeping? Yeah. You just like attach this like tubing to the feeding tube. And while I'm sleeping, it's just like I'm getting extra calories. Okay. Because I couldn't put weight on with just eating myself. Right. Um, and in the morning, you know, I just throw up anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's like, didn't even matter. And that made it even more annoying. That whole time period of my life was so frustrating. Yeah, I'm sure. It's also probably just not comfortable. Like it doesn't feel natural, I feel like, to the no, body. No, it, it didn't. I had this like tube thing just sticking out of all, oh. And like being a, we, I think you could relate to this also, like just being a young uh, teenage girl um with something sticking so far right. out of like your shirts and stuff it's like I couldn't really wear any like tight fitting clothing so everybody's mm-hmm. gonna see it it would leak like stomach acid over my shirts uh the shirts would get ruined it was just an awful time yeah so I got it removed how long did you have that in for three years Wow, I got so it. you had it for a while. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't let me get it out. <laughs> Even though you were throwing up? Yeah. Okay. They're like, would you well, only it was have my best. It? They, were, they were looking out for the best. Right. But. Would you only have it kind of giving you those extra calories when you were sleeping or would kind of, you would like use it during the day as well? I never used it during the day. So just at night? Just at night. And during the day you would eat your own food? Yeah. Okay. Because I guess that wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, so you had it three years and then you got it taken out. Yeah. So I got it taken out right before I got into high school and I kept putting on the weight too. Like they asked me to, they, they wanted me to be in a comfortable weight. So they wanted 20 pounds. I gave them 20. And then when I was like, all right, take it out. They're like, well, 
we're not we're not gonna just yet I'm like what do you mean like I was it was such a frustrating time in my life right and like growing up and all that stuff and like now stepping into high school I told them I was like I don't want this going into high school I already had to deal with it for this long like I, I want it out and so my weight got to a comfortable enough point where they were like okay if you really want to we'll take it out I go to get it out and it's supposed to be you can just pull the tube out and then you just have this hole in your stomach but it's supposed to just close up mm-hmm. uh some they and they're like sometimes that won't happen and we'll have to surgically close it and yeah that didn't happen the hole <laughs> so, didn't close no so didn't. once again i'm in my freshman year of okay. high school okay and you got the unlucky card again yeah got it i it's just i'm in freshman year of high school and this was even worse because, like I said, like it would leak stomach acid mm-hmm. onto my shirts. But this time around, it was even worse because I had this hole. Right. I'm walking around and, like, it would just leak out stomach acid so bad that it covers, like, this whole bottom section of my shirt and then starts leaking down onto, like, my, like, pant, like, belt area. So it would ruin my shirts and my pants. I'd have to call my mom, go to the nurse, and she'd have to come get me. I'd have to go home. And then sometimes it hurts too. It burned my skin because it's mm-hmm. stomach acid. So at this point, excuse me, uh, at this point, I'm like, I don't even want to go back to school. I'm just going to stay home. I'm in pain. My shirt's ruined. Mm-hmm. Like, no. Right. And probably back. also the, maybe not anxiety, but the worry that it's just going to happen at any time. Right. It's embarrassing yeah. too. I'm a freshman in high school walking around with a giant, like, yellow stain on my shirt and I'm like I don't want to be here yeah so that happened then it got surgically closed a few months I had to deal with that for a few months but this is where I can like branch into my health starting to really decline because um I'm so I got into my freshman year high school I was dealing with that issue um but within like the second week of high school, I had to leave and I was gone for like almost a month because I, you have lung function. Um, well, everybody does. <laughs> like um, with CF, your lung function is a important factor. Um, at this point, I think I started high school with like a like mid 60s low 50s and you want to really try to hold on to as much as you can uh and lung infections cause that scarring and cause your lung function to drop and drop and drop um and so yeah (laughs) so my second week of high school I got really sick had to leave and that's like you're I'm missing out on a lot I was also in a career tech Uh, high school so that's another thing I missed out on as well actually because I really wanted to take a career tech computer class Mm -hmm. but you need to be there right and they tried making accommodations as much as they could I'm glad they didn't though because I was out so much in high school that it's like I would have failed I wouldn't have like been able to be there and pass and it's something you need to be doing in person so that's another thing too that got ripped away from me and I wasn't able to do because I was sick all the time so, you know, I'm out. I'm doing one of those tune-ups. I'm gone for like a month. And that 
started to be a very constant cycle at that point in my life where it wasn't even like I wasn't even making it to a year anymore of like uh, how I was saying you had like when I was little right. it was it the was year like the gaps yeah it wasn't even being like that anymore um it was always a goal with like me and my dad to be like oh I'm I'm gonna make it to a year without yeah. a tune-up he's like yeah <laughs> no, we didn't. nope never did so, <laughs> so how often were you going at this point would you say it was like in high school I'd say like like between like seven to like maybe like 10 I would never hit a year so it'd be like every like seven to ten months and when it was really bad it's just started getting even less so like like maybe like five okay five being the least Mm -hmm. um so those were just getting more constant yeah and the meds were getting stronger as I kept going and like the IV medications just different ones and stronger doses and Um, that happened a lot throughout high school and that was basically just the pattern of how it was while I was going through high school and along with those treatments as well. But with the treatments, when I started with three a day as a baby and being younger, it's now going up to like four a day. And that's with four a day too, I had three nebulizer treatments I had to do in that one treatment. So the treatments really aren't 30 minutes. They're like an hour and a half of sitting. Those increased. The hospitalizations increased. Um, So at this point, were you still going to school or you decided to kind of come out and do stuff at home? Oh, I went to school. Okay. So you're still doing it. Yeah. I loved being there. Mm-hmm. I loved being with my friends and all I really wanted to was to be normal. I was going to say normalcy, right. And be like how my friends were because I didn't have that and I couldn't do that. Right. So that's all I all I craved. So I was like, yeah, I want to go to school and I want to be in school and I did graduate high school. Um, Good. Yeah. I'm very proud of myself. You should be. <laughs> um, I'm surprised. <laughs> I was never there. Yeah. Um, you made it happen. I did. And my teachers and everybody were very like, supportive and helpful. supportive. And, yeah, that's important. Yeah. I'm sure there's like a lot of schools and places that are just, they don't I've really care. I've heard some yeah. stories and I'm like, yeah, not even me. a friend of mine, I know that like side note that got in an accident, like freak accident. And they were just, the school was just so just like not supportive. She couldn't even stay. So, oh yeah. Yes. So I'm sure places are just terrible. So that's good that they, that they were good to you with that. Mm-hmm. It's important. They were supportive with me from. Like day one mm-hmm. of me being there. Right. And all the teachers and everything were very protective of Good. me. And they're like, oh, you're sick. That's okay. Like you missed this test. It doesn't even matter. Right. So I had a few teachers where I would come back from like being sick. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's fine. You had a test. I slapped, slapped 100 right. on it. Or I'll oh, just take it off sweet. your grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, you're fine. You're fine. Just do this tiny little packet or something and right. whatever. We'll call it a day. So yeah, they really helped me through that. I know it's the it's the life around here. Terrible. Um. So yeah, so I graduated. I can skip forward now because okay. that's about summing up about how my high, high school, school was. Yeah. Well, throughout high school too, my lung function was dropping, con- like consistently. Mm-hmm. And you have these moments where it'll come back up, and it'll go back down. But you have your baseline lung function, and you know. I was getting sicker and sicker, so it kept just dropping more. So I, uh, some CF patients, too, also do not like to disclose 
their numbers because people do compare. I don't okay. really care. Right. So I don't mind saying my numbers and it just kind of maps out. Oh, gosh. You're okay. <laughs> maps out it for me. Um, so like the end of high school for me was like low 50s. And when I got sick, it dropped into like the 40s. Okay. So we're starting to get in like the danger area. Right. <laughs> uh, so I graduated in 2016. Um, and this one started to get, it was getting bad, but now it's really getting bad. In 20, and in between that time, there's nothing to really fill in. Nothing crazy happened. I okay. had some tune-ups and stuff. Uh, 2018, I got the flu and I really almost like died. I was like, see y'all later. Yeah. That was another <laughs> one either. of those cards. Yeah. Um, I got the flu. I ended up in the hospital and I was on like high flow oxygen. Uh, my lung function lowest point was 29. Wow. I tanked really low and there's some spotty things for me around that time. Uh, probably because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember with CF, you there can become a time that you need a lung transplant. Um, and I was getting to there. So my lung function was the lowest it's ever been in my life. 29 is a scary number to be sitting at. And I wasn't really improving. Mm -hmm. So the doctors, I was asleep or asleep. I was laying on my side, turned away from my dad and the doctor in the room. And they thought I was sleeping. And I don't know why they didn't just talk about it in the hallway. Right. <laughs> the doctor mentioned wanting to write um, a referral for me for the transplant team in Boston. And I was laying there and I turned around and I started freaking out. And I was like, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, why? Like, and so was that the first time you had heard that you would possibly need a lung transplant? Yeah. Okay. So I'm like, oh God. I just, remember, I just remember how it like, uh, always going through it kind of makes me remember how I felt in those moments. Yeah. And so, you know, that happened and the referral happened and I got a little better. So I started recovering from the flu and we're like, oh, we, maybe we don't need to, maybe we don't need to do it. Um, I just think no one really wanted to accept it. And they, we just thought I was going to be okay. I always bounce back, like in lung function wise. Right. I always bounce back really well. And now I just wasn't anymore. So I don't know. It's a hard thing to accept from my parents' perspective and my own and, you know, friends and family. Um, so that was held off for a few months. But then I just wasn't really, I wasn't doing good. And were you still, how long were you in the hospital for? I was in the hospital with the flu for I don't even know like more than a remember. couple weeks yeah okay so it was a, little, it was a good amount of time mm -hmm. and then I was able to go home I ended up going home at some point with the flu I believe and then I ended up 
passing out and falling on the floor in my bathroom at my parents' house. And my uncle found me and it was this whole ordeal. I don't remember a lot of that. I just remember that one thing. So then yeah. I'm pretty sure I had to go back okay. to the hospital. Um, I think I also ended up, I think it was flu and then I ended up having pneumonia. Yes. So every time you would get like something like the flu or a cold, do you usually have to be hospitalized for that or it just depends on how bad it gets? Yeah. Before, um, yeah, before all that time when I was a lot more sick. Yeah. It's like a small cold. Like if someone had a tiny cold that they could fight in like two days, no, that's going to take me like a month. Okay. And then longer to like bounce back again. Right. So my friends are always very cautious. Friends and family, if they're sick, don't come near me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, things happen. Yeah. And germs are everywhere. They are. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I'm a big germaphobe. I am now. too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm starting to recover from the flu. The highest my lung function ever got after that was like high 30s. And so we kind of just accepted it at that point. Right? It's like, all right, I guess we'll, guess we'll go. So we started seeing the transplant team in Boston, and <laughs> you have to go through this intro video. Oh my god, it's so. It's just so, it seems so insensitive yeah. <laughs> the way they do it, but I understand why they do it because it's not, it's knowledge and you need to know what's going on and how it's going to go on. But the videos they make you watch are so in- insensitive and harsh. Right. <laughs> and so, Cold. yeah. I, again, this time period of my life, even to this day, is very spotty for me. I think it always will be. Um, but I have highlights that I can remember from it. So we're sitting there on our first appointment day ever. It's me, my mom, and my dad. And my parents are really, really like into this video. They're watching the video so they know what to do when it happens, what's going on. And the life expectancy, like the just median basic life expectancy after transplant is only five years. And my mom heard that and she just started bawling her eyes out right and i'm like sitting there like what are you guys crying so even about? after a whole lung transplant it's still only like five years you can you it, that's like the median of what they'd give you okay. like there's people that are thriving with like years into the teens of having a transplant okay. so it differs like okay. person to person but and what would the expectancy be if you kept the lungs that you had at that low level do you know I was like one foot in the grave. Okay, so, like, so it was kind of like to a point where you needed it. Yeah, okay. it was really getting there. Um, and then if I got sick, because I, I stayed pretty healthy and pretty uh, stable um, for a bit. But if I got sick one more time, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what would happen. I could have died. Right. I could have survived or I could have gotten like an emergency like lung transplant Mm -hmm. but um the way that transplant works for like any organ is so like picky they are very picky and you need to be as healthy as you can be to get it and is that because of like the surgery and everything like that or it's like surgery because like 
your body needs to be strong enough to survive that much of an intensive surgery. Okay. Um, and then a ton of other factors. The right. lung transplant is a like a whole nother thing in its own. Um, so that first appointment happened and it was just all talking and where they thought I was at this point and then the steps on from there. And this is a very important part to me and very fucking sad, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to be okay. So I met my, and it comes back to the childhood stuff too, because I met my, one of my best friends, Jess, during this period of time. Okay. And she had cystic fibrosis too. She was just as sick as me. Like we could relate to each other so much, like very similar in what we had going on. And she was doing transplant stuff too. I won't talk too much about, you know, her own personal mm -hmm. stuff, but she was doing transplant too, transplant stuff. So was I. Uh, so that's another thing that we could be relating to together and do together. And, uh, you know, I can never see her in person. Um, <clears throat> we had FaceTime calls and stuff. And it was so sweet. She's so, she's so cute. Love mm -hmm. her. Um, so, you know, we're in this together and we're doing it together in a sense, a fun little transplant trip right. together. So I had to go do my second thing of testing where you go in and you have to get like a heart cath and <clears throat> uh, that was like a day stay surgery and stuff and just a ton of different tests. Um, and I was really nervous for that and she was there for me too. I'm pretty sure she's done that stuff already okay. at this point. Um, and, you know, she walked me through it and it was, it was great. She was there for me too, along with like my, my parents. Um, and, you know, fast forward, I kept myself, you know, the transplant team, once you're done sitting down with them and, and seeing them, you're kind of just on this waiting list. Uh, well, you have to wait to be listed and then you sit on another list mm -hmm to wait for the transplant. <laughs> so my lung function was like mid thirties at this point, but I was staying stable. So they're like, you're on this list, not this one. So I had to just kind of wait. You have to wait till you're like practically like halfway in the grave <laughs> to yeah. actually get it, which makes no sense to me. Right. It makes some sense, but not really. It's like until you're in dire need. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of on that one. And then I was <sighs> waiting on there. And in between that time period, Jess passed away. I'm so sorry. And it's okay. I might shed like one tear, okay. but I'll be okay. <laughs> um, and it's just crappy. That's really crappy. Mm -hmm. It gives me really bad, like, she was one of my best friends. So it gives me really bad survivor's guilt. And we were really in like pretty much the same position. All CF is different and it's, nothing is ever going to be the same. Mm -hmm. And she had different problems from me, but it was just so similar. And we were in like the exact timeline position with each other that it's like when she passed, I'm like, why? Right. It's like, it's anger, confusion. It's like, why did she have to go? And like, why am I still here? Right. And I've lost a few other people that I've, known to cf a lot of people have passed away it's a illness that takes 
<laughs> lives like that just doesn't fucking care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm just, now I have to like live with that. And I still, I've gotten better with it now. I don't quite feel the whole survivor's guilt thing anymore. But again, too, it's like, we're in the same position and I try not to compare, but like, why her over me? Right. And so I had that to deal with. And after that, I kind of felt really just down and crappy. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, I don't want to do transplant anymore. Like, I just don't care. (laughs) Um, That was like a a side thought because I really did always just take care of myself. I never really stopped. But, um, yeah, she's very important to me, so I wanted to talk about it. But she's yeah. – uh, that was really rough. Um, sure. Especially in such a hard time in my own personal life. Absolutely. And then that. So now getting into the brighter side of stuff. Um, throughout – this little time period, they had medications come out through Vertex that was like trying to help um, make CF less, um, like make it manageable. Mm-hmm. So I was on Simdeco was the first one I ever tried like a few years back. There's not much to say about it. Um, I don't really remember it doing much. And then I went on Orcombi. I was on Orcombi during this period of time through my uh, transplant stuff. And I think that was a part of something that kept me kind of stable because it did a little bit. I think it kept me stable. Right. Like, you know, in those 30s, 40s area. And then something like, I don't know, like life happened really strange after this and it all takes a beautiful turn now. (laughs) So... Um, all that stuff happened with Jess. I was working on just trying to get better. There was talk in the air about this new crazy medication that's coming out, like a genetic modulator. You really can't say much about it because it was in trial testing. And... Um, me actually, Jess was still around a little bit when it was in trial testing because we talked about it a little bit and we're like, oh my God, this is going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's another thing too that like hit, right. hits me. I'm like, come on. <laughs> right. Um, so I did one more tune up three, three years ago. I did one more tune up. We really went full in, did a like a nice little mix of like three uh, different antibiotics for like uh, like three weeks, three four weeks, and my lung function just shot up <laughs> to <Wow>. fifty one. <laughs> wow. um, like that hasn't happened in so long. So yeah. I've been struggling going through this transplant stuff for like so long and then out of nowhere my after this tune up mm-hmm. right up to 51 and then so at that point they're like you don't even need the lung transplant well i was still 
on this like back right like list. just in case kind of thing yeah okay because i'm not on the waiting list but just on this on the back burner yeah um and so yeah i mean that happened and i kind of stayed stable for the next like few weeks because was, there was this with that new medication or not yet not yet okay so, so this is with the concoction that they made they hit me with that concoction and they're like we want to get you to your to the best point we can get you at to start this new medication and i was like all right yeah whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) not much hope i'm like let's whatever yeah Yeah. do what you need to do at this point i'm like whatever so we do that that happens and then trikafta is the medication Mm -hmm. um that came out it was showing insane improvements in people with CF. Like when you're when you're born, you do a sweat chloride test, and like if the numbers are like high, you know it's like indications of CF and stuff. Some people's sweat chloride tests were coming back, like showing no signs of cystic fibrosis. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Like ten to twenty percent lung increase for lung function. Wow. Weight gain, like crazy stuff yeah so it came out and i started it and and that's how i'm like here now so my whole thing is because i know like they did that little concoction of stuff and i shot right up but if i were to get sick without the medication that i have today i would have went right back back down down, right maybe even harder yeah so if it weren't for this like life-saving medication I, that was three years ago. I don't. I wouldn't be here. I would be dead, like for sure. So after they started that medication, were you still going back for tune-ups? No. So you so don't even not, have to This is like anymore. a whole other like section. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah, crazy. Like, I mean, that's amazing. Really. It is. It. Thank you too. No, of course, <laughs> um, that's great. That really is. It was insane. Because at this point, you're how old were you at this point when you started when they introduced this medication? Twenty. Okay, so 20 years of your life you've been um, dealing with that. But I didn't start until I was 21. And now you're 24. Four. Okay, got it. Um, right, so that was 21 years of dealing with with all of this basically up and down. Mm-hmm. And when you're down, you weren't down for just like a day. It was like, you know, periods yeah, of time. For a while. Yeah. And also just like sitting on the thought too of like, oh, when like – you know, when am I checking out of here? As in like dying. So quick question before you go into your next segment of life. Yeah. Um, what do you, like what is the typical life expectancy? Or does it's, it, does that also depend? It depends on severity. Okay. And also when I was born, it was like, I think it was like early 20s. Okay. When I was born. Because that's what they t- ended up telling my parents. Right. Um, but then my case was more severe. So then, you know, that's chimed in too. It's really just like a ballpark type of deal. But Um, it all kind of depends person to person. But now this medication is wild. So like, I'll, I'm going to sum that up and then that's kind of like, that's kind of it. But this medication is so wild that it's changed so much that, uh, children can take this medication when they're old enough i'm not sure quite what the age is mm-hmm. to start being able to take it it can change your whole life it can give them a full life i'm probably gonna have a full life wow like i'm probably gonna make it well past 
right. and like see like my I want children so I'm yeah. gonna probably see you know if I have grandkids I'll probably be able to see them now yeah, that's incredible to where like I shouldn't even be here right now you know right so it's really done a toll on the mental health mm-hmm. <laughs> to like probably like switch to like make that. you more positive yeah no <laughs> no <laughs> like yes and yes no. And no yeah I mean obviously there I feel like there's still there's always gonna be shit that we feel like can get us down mm-hmm. you know but I think in general to some degree at least you're not kind of just like taking the odds of like okay like when is my time I mean I feel like anybody can say like when's my time but at least now it's like there's some sort of positive you know medication that can really give you hope and give you all these years you know mm-hmm. which I think is so important that is positive aspect it is it is it is <laughs> i think more of like the negative aspect that I was a lot of people do like, it's it's easier to think of the negatives it is it always is mm-hmm. uh it's just like i think it was so strange for me mentally to have to rewire my brain to be like oh now i can live a full life it, that's what and that's what i was saying like mm-hmm. for 21 years like to live one way of just constantly not knowing and being so used to getting sick so often and then Honestly, watching it go down the older you got, like, yeah, to rewire and now almost even believe, like, oh, there's a medication that can completely change this bullshit. You know, like, <laughs> yep, right. Exactly. Like, you know, it isn't. Yeah. But it has. So it's like, I'm still even trying now to this day to be like, oh my gosh, like, accept it. Right. Like, just take a breather and, like, let it be. Right. So I'll try to explain this the best I can. I started the medication and with cf you cough a lot like i haven't really coughed much like Mm -hmm. at all if you met me beforehand that's all i would do is cough and cough and cough because you're drowning in mucus literally um so one of the first things i noticed with that medication is i coughed a lot but i got a lot of stuff up and then one day i just woke up and i wasn't coughing anymore and i would cough so much to the point where i would throw up um Mm -hmm. or like it got so bad to the point where, like, I'm, like, throwing up and, like, pissing my pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, from just coughing. And I'm like, this is awful. But anyways. So one day I woke up and I'm just not coughing anymore. And it just, I haven't really, I haven't coughed like that since. And that's wild to me because mm-hmm. I spent so much of my life just coughing. And it seems very, like, like not a not a lot, but it was like aggressive cough. No, I've heard. That it, now that you say this, I, I knew of a girl who had cystic fibrosis, and I remember that being, I think something that she, I, mean, I don't know if she said it or maybe when I researched it on my own. I mean, this was years ago that I read that, and that it was the same kind of thing that people would think, oh, coughing's no big deal, but it's not your normal <coughs> when you're sick. It's like nonstop and very aggressive to the point that you could throw up and piss your pants and whatever else. Mm-hmm. I, it's Yeah, I, I actually forgot that I did hear that years ago. Yeah, so that's really something big in my personal life that I was like, wow, like this is Huge a change. life changer for yeah. me. Um, I would get so winded even just walking up like one set of stairs and I was finally able to like walk up multiple flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, this is so right. cool. Yeah. I'm a superstar now. Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that was crazy too. And like your O2 stats, you know, when you put the thing on your finger, Mm -hmm. um, they were always so low for me. And now I just hold like a normal healthy O2 stat. 
And so we had my lung function that was always so up and down. And I had that nice start of a 51. I got my lung function up into the 70s. I haven't been in the 70s since I was a toddler. Right. And that shit dropped like that, like real fast when I was young. Yeah. And so now the fact that I've been able to just maintain that yeah, that's, and it's not that's really going anywhere, right? I'm like, wow. Right. <laughs> I used to be like, you could see like my bones mm-hmm. with my, uh, I lost a lot of weight too back during transplant time too. I was like skin and bone um, and losing weight like rapidly. And so I put on like healthy weight. I look like a healthy yeah person. So with that, was it, did you have more of an appetite or it was just like kind of keeping things down? Oh my easier? goodness. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the med, like the med makes me eat so much. Even to now my appetite is like huge. Okay. Um, so it was like an appetite increase in everything. Yeah. Okay. And then I was like with CF, you can't really keep that weight on. Okay. But with trikafta, that was helping me keep weight on. So it's like, that's another great thing that came from it too, because with weight with higher weight becomes more lung function too um it's a nice little balance right so you got the lung function up yeah to like 70s yep appetite Um, was up everything's looking up everything's going up and everything is going down in a good way too my my liver function was something that was concerning too for a bit so that was like oh but now it's like almost next to normal yeah so that's pretty cool too so that's like i'm just a normal human being now right so you don't need to do your tune-ups now no i haven't had one in three since the last one like three years do you still have to do um what were they called the treatments yes i don't no treatments (laughs) well so literally there's nothing you technically have to do in your day-to-day except like pills okay um which i do have like a few like a few of those like i have the trikafta that i have to take um every day it's two in the morning and like one at night okay um my pancreatic enzymes those don't go away my pancreas still don't work that's fine so and that's is that for the food yeah so you still do have to take those enzymes every time yeah all the time probably for the rest of my life that's not gonna be like but that's like a i was gonna say that trade-off by now it's like it probably is like second nature like if you eat you know you have to do that sometimes i do forget though and then i panic yeah, I would too. Right. I mean, if you know you have to take something, then you forget. You're like, oh shit. Yeah, I know. I'm rushing. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Fuck. Right. <laughs> um, but that's still a thing. But I mean, taking, I mean, compared to the other stuff, right? Yeah. It's like taking, like, I don't know. It's just so second nature to me, like you said, that yeah. it doesn't even matter. Um, and it's easier. It's less time consuming. I mean, to take a pill is like, you just do it and it, you move on. Yeah. The whole treatment thing. Excuse me. So the whole treatment thing was a bit of a uh, fight at first with my clinic because the drug was new Mm -hmm. and we didn't have a lot on the pulling treatments back aspect. So I was like, let's not do that. (laughs) I did it anyway because I just felt so good. And like if you were able to feel the difference um, of like all the mucus sitting in there and just the congestion, the cough and stuff, all of that just gosh gone (laughs) and I'm like I don't know like a completely different person I feel completely different that it's like I just felt personally like I didn't need them and that they became pointless and I still use them I use my nebs Mm. 
when I'm sick. So I did have COVID. Okay. Um, back when COVID became a thing. Right. It wasn't, it would have killed me probably back then, but I yeah. actually took it like a champ. Wow. Oh, it wasn't, that wasn't too bad. So now it's like you think if you were to get the flu, it would not at all be I'm the same. I'm terrified of the flu. I don't even want to know. I okay. Know. <laughs> but hopefully since everything is so high and good, your body would have a way easier time fighting it off. Probably a better chance, yeah. Okay. Um, flu terrifies me. That's right. why I hate the winter. Yeah. The flu season. Mm-hmm. Right. Any illness. Terrible. Yeah. So I think my body would handle the flu a lot better mm-hmm. though. Um... So basically, I kind of just pulled off my treatments by myself <laughs> against my doctor. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do them anymore. Yeah, if you feel good Because I'm doing them, I'm sitting there, and like the purpose of it is to cough stuff up and get that mucus out. I'm like, I don't have anything so in there. So you weren't even like coughing up anything at that point? No. Okay. It's like, if I did, it's like clear, normal mm-hmm. stuff. And I kept telling them that over and over again, and my lung function just kept going up right. and just kept staying stable to the point where I think they kind of just leaned off of it, and they're like, all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I haven't had confirmation from my clinic to say that Trikafta can cause for you to come off the treatments, but I do have some other friends that have pulled off theirs too, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. Okay. So now I haven't done treatments in like like three years. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, thank God. They were so time-consuming. Yeah, I hated that's them. That's really, really amazing. It it's, it's life-changing. It really is because, I mean, when you have to do something like that and so many of those kind of things, like you said, it's it's time-consuming. It takes away from your day, from your life. And it's almost like you've, in a way, you've gotten your life back. Yeah, and I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. I missed out on a lot of, like, get-togethers with my friends. Well, they would wait for me, but, you know, all your friends are together and then you're coming in last. Yeah. And I had to be last because of the treatments and stuff. It's like, ugh. Yeah. So that's something I missed out on too. So I'm just making up for lost time. As you should. Yeah. That is great. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. It's so good. <laughs> so good. Do you have anything else? Or are you good? I think that's really like, that that's sums it. up all of yeah. the most of it. No, you, you really did incredible. I'm probably going to look back on it and be like, I missed that. But I think I summed up everything that I think is pretty staple yeah. and big and important. No, I, I learned so much. I think it's incredible. I'm so happy for you, really. I mean, that is just like, it's incredible to hear. And I think it's it's so positive because I feel like we don't often hear about like, these, I mean, at least not me. Like, I don't hear about these, like, miracle drugs. I mean, I know that there is other ones. But, like, to actually hear it firsthand and hear your story and how your life was literally changed by that, it's incredible. And I'm so happy for you. And I'm happy that you are making up for lost time and, you know, you feel like you can live, honestly. You know, and I, I just think that's amazing. And I'm so glad you were able to come on and share your story. Thank you. Of course. I was of happy course. to be here. Of course. You did so good, really. <laughs>